I think there's a high chance that in a month's time, Man City will be 10, 12, 50 points clear. Gareth Bale nabs a 94th minute winner against Man City in the League Cup final. Spurs fans are going to forget everything. Yeah, the fashion, the fashion hub of York, should we say. Yeah, Sheffield. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Rematch Podcast. I'm your host Cameron and of course I'm joined by Ollie, Dan, Sam and Adam. It's transfer deadline day as we record this, so we'll be watching our backs in case any rogue dildo is fancy making an appearance. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Yeah mate. Uh, I wrote this about half an hour ago, so... I mean you said you had all day. Yeah, I know, but I'd, I kind of just left it. So, too so busy that... refreshing the Gov page to see if it was working. It's a fair, it's still not, which is annoying. There's <laughs> nothing exciting, it's just, you know, it's not a casino thing, but it's like a, like, you know them, like, just, I don't know what you call them. Um, like slot, slots, <laughs> slot, like, areas. Obviously not the seaside ones, because I don't live near seaside. Um, just like I have there. no clue what you're on about at all. Amusement parks. So casino. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're not like it's not like arcades. blackjack. They're amusements, yeah. yeah, arcades. Yeah, yeah, like them. Oh, like, like for an like, adult one, like like Nessa on Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but just for over yeah. 18s. Oh, well, they all have little over 18s <laughs> bits in though, don't they? I think this one is just specifically for over 18s. I think. Are you heard back from Betfred? No, I've not heard back from anyone, which is pissing me off. But sorry, I spent 15 minutes at one great job the other day and realised at the end I could be Slovenian. <laughs> I didn't say that on the Indeed requirements. Not in Slovenian. No, because it was like you know, on the Indeed requirements. It never said that, and then I got to the end of the application on the company website, and said, you have to be a native Slovenian speaker. <laughs> so that's why you've took <laughs> up. What job was this? Um, Dave Grave digging. Sorry, not Dave Grigging. Grave digging. Who's that? Fair play. Does Mendes Lang have a neck on a serious note? <laughs> he's either got really big shoulders or like he's just got no neck. <laughs> so last week's show left on a cliffhanger. Shall we address that? How we how did we all find Adam's grueling quiz? Oh, it was all right. Like what? I think who won some. I hope so. <laughs> how long did it take to put uh, put together, Adam? Um. Quite quite a long time, yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just fourteen rounds for the sake of it. I'd say it probably took me two or three days. Yeah. Two or three nothing days. else to do, is there? Uh, that's true. Can Can I reiterate the fact that we start we started about eight o'clock or something like that, or maybe half seven, and we were doing it until maybe yeah. about twelve, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, <laughs> it was long. It was very tense at the end, though. It went right the way, didn't it? Oh yeah. I'm still not over that round where I lost. How many points did I lose? 15. 15 points you lost in the yeah. last round, I think. Yeah, there was, some, <laughs> there was some dodgy dealings going on with uh, timings and uh, also internet connections, <laughs> which I wasn't happy about, but I'll get over it eventually. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like you've gotten over it yet. No, I <laughs> definitely not. Well, it was close. So it's, it was, well, yeah, I'll just go actually mention that. But, well, I didn't want to mention it, but it was probably the first general knowledge quiz that I've done with you lot and not finished lasting um so i was quite proud of my performance finished third um and we'll definitely call it third 
Uh, for Dan's sake, we'll call it fourth out of four. Um, but it was it was also close at the top. Wow! <laughs> well, I just, just thought you I just thought, didn't think you want to be called a loser, but you, you did lose. <laughs> oh, right, we're going, we're going um, on this route. Okay, I'm, I'm bringing the smoke today, Dan. Yeah, you've you've set the tone, haven't you? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's uh, let's get on record then. How's your job application going at the minute? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Sam, but we didn't actually mention Sam. Sam, of course, won by virtue of Ollie bottling it at the end. Um, Thanks, a, a thrilling last round. I, uh, it was just, I'll tell you what, Adam, that, to fair, that was probably my favourite round out of the lot, and not just because of the drama that it caused. But <laughs> it's always quite funny oh, when well, someone yeah. loses points. I think we should have filmed the quiz and we could put it up as a separate episode. Mm. But next time we do one, I think we should. I think, yeah. yeah, I think when we run out of ideas, I think we should uh, <laughs> together, someone create a quiz and then we'll just, we'll just stick it on air and be a bit lazy one week, maybe. Um, right, so I have got some topics written down seeing as they all berated me for uh, for not coming up with many ideas being the ideas man i mentioned it's obviously transfer deadline day today um so i wanted to ask you all about your dream signings just for today for your clubs who would be or what would be the perfect end to this january transfer window oh it's a good question i can't i know <laughs> Well, you just if you haven't got any specific a realistic names, dream or like uh, uh, you I can mean, go through one realistic one and then one maybe slightly less realistic one. Oh, I'm God, not having even... people saying Messi and and Ronaldo, <laughs> you know, but someone maybe that's slightly out out of reach that could reach. Reach, reach should be yeah. alright for us actually. <laughs> I'd take him. Um, no, I think that's too unrealistic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> out of contract at the end of the season, Kevin. Then I think from a borough perspective, uh, creative midfielder. For me, would be the aspirational one, the one that I don't think we're going to get. But not like Patrick Roberts. I don't. I don't class him as a central midfielder. To be honest, mate, I, I think yeah. he's more of an out wide player. <laughs> Someone, I'd have loved us I, to be in for Conor Hurahan earlier in the window. Yeah. I think he would have been a brilliant signing for us. But fair play, Swansea were always going to get there ahead of us. They're more likely to go up into the Premier League than us. But just to be in and among, in and amongst it and going for someone like Conor Hurahan, um, and then. Again, I think the more realistic one is a wide player. I think we're linked with um, Mendes Lang and also Grzycki. I think Mendes Lang's the closer one at the moment as we record it, but either one of them I'd be happy with. Yeah, I'd, I'd also echo that. I'd, I'd like a creative midfielder in. We looked at, on, especially at the weekend, we looked forward every now and again. But oh, it's three central midfielders, and the, the good central midfielders, Savile, uh, Housen and Morsey, when they got forward, they didn't have a clue what to do. They were turning back and they wouldn't get a shot away or anything. I'd love someone in there. Like Tavernier will do well in there when he comes back from injury. But a Bradley Dack for me, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Someone, someone like him. It's unrealistic at this point, but someone like that, he could nutmeg a mermaid. That fella, honestly, he's top quality, and he'd just be the perfect addition to, to this Borough side, I think. But unrealistically, who do I want? Probably Bradley Dack as well, isn't it? Unrealistically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so what names have Borough been linked with then today oh. or in the past few days? So obviously AK, you mentioned Mendes Lang. AK-47, and he's just turned us down apparently. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, Kamara, I, I don't know who he says first name. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'd take him. <laughs> nah, he's, he's apparently turned us down. Um, who else have we been linked with? Uh, Jeju. At Bristol City, that was supposed to be like a kind of swap deal with Brit, but that doesn't look to be happening now. Uh, Brit could still move at this point, but it's looking 
more and more unlikely. It's I don't know. It's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a weird one because I'd be quite okay with how things are now if we got Mendes Langin just just to cover sort of that Roberts gap I suppose in the squad. Um, but also it was quite interesting. We were on about letting go of Lewis Wing and Hayden Coulson on loan. Um, Lewis Wing is someone who Warnock said before he came to Bury. He said I absolutely love Lewis Wing and. I mean, he barely plays the guy, so I don't know what's going on there. But he's probably suited to a League One club at this at this point, I think. Um, so, Adam, am I right in saying that it's not technically the deadline day for the National League? However, I suppose with obviously a lot of football, you'll be wanting to sign players potentially from football league clubs. It's still an important day for Notts County. Uh, have you been linked with anyone? I've seen that you've signed a left back. Yes, um, I was hoping you wouldn't ask about that because I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have signed a left-back. Uh, yeah, transfer deadline day doesn't exist in non-league football. The window's open all of the time, all of the year. Uh, at least I think so. I think it's all virtually all year anyway. Do you agree with um, that? So even if we don't... Um, oh, good question. Um, I, I think so, yeah, because I think you're more likely to need players mm. at that level um, yeah. because of how regular the games are uh, and also because of the sort of pittance that you get when big clubs if you if you have a good prospect player in the national league or below or even league two league one sometimes you don't keep holding for very long so i think it, it's it's good to be able to get a replacement in pretty quickly and i think i i think we can still get loans from football league clubs after the deadline i'm not sure how long we can do that for hmm. um so it's it's sort of an important day but it's more away from deadline day, more of an important week because it could all mean nothing when the season potentially gets called off by the end of this week. So who knows? Jordan Barnett. He's the left back. Thank you. Yes, that, yeah, that is his name. Signed <laughs> from... Um, um, oh, don't tell me. I just read this. Signed <laughs> from Oldham. Oldham. Signed from Oldham. Um, he, he actually played a few times for Oldham this season as well. So it's probably a decent signing. And Adam Chickson's in there. I'm sure you'll all be familiar with. Played for both in the Championship in the last three years probably he's now our fourth choice left back so things aren't his, his career is probably not going quite as he anticipated which is a shame because he seemed a good prospect but uh, yeah like, as I said we'll see, we'll see what happens I thought uh, Jim White had put on some weight there but it's Ali McCoyst on the TV <laughs> 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 honestly I, I looked up do you think there's any areas that Knotts need to, to strengthen Adam is there any dream players you'd love to sign uh, well, I was watching the National League highlights show on uh, on Saturday evening, and um, and everyone's favourite pundit Adam Virgo. <laughs> I've got nothing against <laughs> just the fact that probably all of you are like, who's that? <laughs> but uh, but he just said uh, in 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 passing about not our squad isn't as good as last season's, and I've never really thought about it like that. But when he said it, I think he's probably probably right because we've let Christian Dennis go to Saint Mirren. He scored away at Celtic on Saturday, fantastic striker for what was National League level last season. And Wes Thomas, who's a name I'm sure you'll all be familiar with, played for Birmingham in the Championship not that long ago. He's someone who, through COVID, has said he he essentially refused to play. I think he had every right to do. Said he had, I don't think he's played since, since November. So we let him go for his contract. Where are you going to sign somewhere else? And it was just to get out of the club, to get more money somewhere. Who knows? I wouldn't want to speculate on that. But we've lost two really good strikers and we're left with Kyle Watson, who's a fantastic striker at this level. And football league clubs have been sniffing around him for a little while now. We've just signed Ineffiong on loan, which I think is a name for people who watch Soccer Saturday. We've seen his name pop up quite a few times on the on the video print at the bottom of the screen. Um, but he's not had the, the strongest of starts. But really, 
as, a, as an out-and-out striker, there are only two options now. So perhaps we're a little bit short, but on the whole, I am pretty pleased with the squad as it is. Fantastic. Well, I just wanted to talk about, as soon as we mentioned, Bore, um, as well, to anyone that's watching the TV, um, talking really to you, Dan, um, just shout up if you see anything interesting happen, because well, it is going to the deadline day, so we've got that sort of freedom. Yeah, I think mine's behind, so <laughs> oh, right. I might have yeah, but yeah, I'll still shout up, don't worry. Like, yeah, if anyone gets Signed uh, Daryl Dyke on loan okay. from Orlando City with an option to buy. It'll definitely right. be behind by the time this podcast goes out. So I don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic point. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just mention Wednesday. I, I promise after apparently going on a little bit too long about them last week. Um, <laughs> so we we desperately do need a left back. Um, so that would be the, the sort of dream position. Not um, have got four. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I had a, had a I check to these about it. Um, we were linked with, uh, with crew Alexandra's uh, Harry Pickering, who has since gone to Blackburn, I think gone back to crew on loan for the rest of the season, which is a bit disappointing because I'd actually um, actually heard of him from just managing in the lower leagues in, in football manager, etc. And quite, and quite liked him. He seemed quite well-rounded. Um, but unfortunately, he's gone to Blackburn, as he probably yeah, is right to do. Um, and then since then, we've not really been linked with. Sorry, too is many names. <laughs> he's in his right to do. Did you say? Yeah, he's in his right to go to Blackburn. <laughs> if you want. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I'm annoyed put at him all. Down. Yeah, because um, we only do have one recognised senior left back, and even he's only 22 and only played a handful of first team games. Um, so I can, I can, for some reason, if if Spurs would let us have him on the cheap, I could see us having Danny Rose or someone like that, just from because he clearly just wants to leave just to go to anywhere, and it didn't work out for him going to Trousers Well, um, I'm not coming in for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, apparently, it's the, the calls come from Sheffield, not Milan. Um, yeah, similar. Yeah, very very similar at this time of year. Um, you yeah, know, the fashion the fashion hub of York, should we say. Yeah, Sheffield. Um, but in, I don't know. We, I just want a left back, and I've got a horrible feeling that we won't get one. And then beyond that, we, I'd love a goal scorer, regardless of what position they play, whether it's a, an attacking winger or a forward. Um, but I've not really seen many, if any, names linked. In fact, the only striker that's linked with doing anything is Jordan Rose leaving. But Cardiff seemed like his likely destination. However, they have seemingly pulled out of whatever deal that they were wanting, whether it was permanent or a loan. So it looks like we'll be stuck with Rhodes and probably not be able to bring anyone else in. I think we were linked with a, a young midfielder on loan from, from Bournemouth, but it doesn't really fill you with that much excitement, especially when I'd not heard of him. Um, They're also on the same Bournemouth players, though, don't they? Yeah, this one, I, I can't I can't remember what his name was. I don't know if Adam I can remember. It was, it was probably Adam Smith. <laughs> it's definitely not. Come, you, sh- you sent me it earlier. It's definitely yeah. not Adam Smith, is it? Yeah, no, it's, oh, I, I could probably show you. It's, it's not Adam Where Smith. Here he is. He's called Namdi Offborough. Yeah. Well, at least that's a yeah, typical Bournemouth bomb. name. Yeah, um, so I, I've not heard much since I sent that to Ollie this morning or this early afternoon, whenever it was. Um, so I'll just be happy if we sign anyone, to be honest. Um, but that's my Wednesday chat. And I now want to talk about Liverpool, because I think we did mention that we was going to talk about Liverpool a little bit more this week. So I made sure to make a note of it. And I thought, what better way to start with probably the most active team today on transfer deadline day, um, being Liverpool signing two, potentially three centre-halves looking like two, though, is it, Ollie, at the minute? Yeah, well, if you go for what Romano tweets, I mean, he literally just copies mm. everyone else, but he said it was either one out of 
<laughs> Karma or Kabak. Um, to be honest, I, I honestly don't care what centre backs we get in. We just needed someone. We linked with, with Mustafi. I said the other day I'd just take it because he's a centre back. I'd literally take anyone. But it seems that Mustafi going to Schalke has helped us get quite a young, promising centre back. I know obviously Schalke have struggled this season, but you can't put the blame on a 20 year old centre back, I don't think. Um, if he comes into the side, he seems like he's got a bit of pace. And that's what you need when we play such a high line. Um, it seems quite low risk as well. I think the same with Ben Davis. Both I think it cost about 1.5 million up front together, which you can't really complain. Like it's low risk, high reward. I think. Um, I think looking long term, though, I'd, I'd be surprised if them two are seen as permanent options for for the future. Liverpool journalists seem quite adamant that we're going to go big on a new centre back in the summer. Maybe it's someone like. Meccano or Kanati at Leipzig, um, but like I said, I'm just I'm just happy we've actually got someone in. Mm-hmm. Is it a little a bit too late? Would you say? Would you think that they should have had someone in for the summer? Um, because he was probably a little bit short in defence with squad depth anyway before Van Dijk picked up an injury. Do you think that these deals should have been placed at least to go in go in a, in early January um, rather than coming obviously a few weeks later? If we even look back to the summer, once we got rid of Lovren, it seemed clear that we needed someone in to replace him. Then it look, did look at the time like it was going to be Kabak, but I think it was quite arrogant in in the way that we was, we saw we could play some midfielders at centre back. I didn't think we'd ever expect actually playing two midfielders at the back, but that's that's the position we've been in recently. Um, even at the start of this window, I was surprised that we didn't get someone in early, and I'm surprised it's taken till the last day to actually bring someone in. Obviously, the injury to Joel Matip has forced us into doing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't complain now. We've got someone in, in. Getting someone in earlier in the window, there's no point in talking about it. I'm just glad we've got someone in now. West Brom have signed someone called OK. <laughs> Genuinely. Just okay. OK. That's what they guys for. <laughs> West Brom signed OK on loan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. Uh, anyway, going back, going back to Liverpool. Uh, was anyone is anyone surprised as much as I am at the quality of player that Liverpool have signed to replace the injured Van Dijk? And obviously, looking at Ben Davis um, for how much do you say one point five one point five million? Obviously, a Championship defender, not someone that I'm overly familiar with it doesn't seem to stand out to me as one of the top defenders in the championship because if you look at Spurs as a direct comparison Joe Rodon was for me one of the better at least ball playing defenders last season uh, in the championship for Swansea we're surprised that they've not gone for a slightly bigger name I'm I'm not saying like a Mustafi for example even though he would be a bigger name because we know his reputation in England but uh, I can't put an example to mind but has anyone got an example that they thought they might have gone for? Well, I I think they're doing exactly the right thing because I'll be honest, you you end up playing stupid money in January, won't you? Mm. I mean, you, you think now, and well, and February, I suppose, isn't it? Um, but you think now, and not many top players are moving in 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 this window at all. It, you, normally, players don't move in in this window anyway, but because of COVID, nobody nobody's really budging mm. around much other. There's just the odd deal here and there. And it's like it's obviously a real domino effect with transfers, isn't it? Normally, but because of the lack of movement, the domino effect hasn't really happened. 
And who's who's out there for Liverpool to get now? Who do they want? You think like Umpa Meccano or someone like that? That's that's the quality that you're talking about, Cam. But mm. they're not going to be available in this in this window at all. So I think it's right just to get someone who you know will be. I think they'll be reliable. They're not obviously they're going to be a decent centre back. Yeah. Um, and and you never know. Like once upon a time, Virgil Van Dijk was was one of these centre backs that was a bit like oh. You just Southampton have just signed Virgil Van Dijk, or Celtic have just signed Virgil Van Dijk. Thought who was that? And now look at him, best centre back in the world. So you, you just never know these players and, and the, the coaching that they get. They might develop into something a lot better. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you did mention Upamecano. I think he's linked with a move to Bayern, but I think that totally relies on David Alaba leaving to go to Real Madrid. So I don't know uh, how likely that is. I, but... I believe the German transfer window is just uh, closed anyway, hasn't it? As it well, there you go. Then he's obviously staying in, like, at least for another few months. Um, but yeah, it, that was the net kind of the type of signing that I expected. However, I think Kabak, um, coming from Germany, of course, uh, a German side in Schalke, he's been the from what I've heard the star or the diamond in the rough, should I say, at, at Schalke, was being a torrid couple of seasons for them. Um, and I think that's quite a shrewd move for a young a young ball playing centre half. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about Liverpool um, away from the transfers and defence, I suppose. And they've obviously picked up from this time last week, really, where I think the reason why we didn't speak about them because we thought it was going to be a little bit too negative uh, with all of us seemingly complaining about something last week uh, when talking about our own clubs. So where is this turnaround from Liverpool come from? Because it looked so bleak originally, before, obviously, they've signed these defenders, they obviously beat Spurs, and then beat West Ham and looked fairly convincing with a, what I would consider quite a weak team out. Where has that form suddenly come from? Uh, come from? I think when we look at the, the Tottenham game, we, we just looked like we had a bit more creativity about us in the previous games that we've, we've managed to not score. There's just been nothing there. It's just been crotters into the box. I think Trent's put about... 100 crosses in per game and none of them have actually been successful. Uh, but in this in this Tottenham game, the, the thing that I found was pushing Thiago a bit further forward helps us a lot, sitting Wijnaldum in that deeper role. Yeah, I think it helped provide a lot more balance. Uh, it helped Trent get forward a lot a lot better. But in that Tottenham game as well, I, I was surprised with how bad Tottenham actually were. Um, I honestly couldn't believe how bad they were. I don't know why they kept Harry Kane on the pitch for 15 minutes when he was just walking around injured. Mm. And even when they brought Lamella on, I'm, I'm not sure I actually remember Lamella touching the ball after he came on at half-time. Um, I, I don't even know he's still there. Um, but looking to the West Ham game as well, I was, I was quite disappointed with them. Not in the fact that I wanted them to do well, but it's just the fact that they didn't press on to us when they, they know we've been vulnerable and they know we've got a lot of players missing and I think they just played it a little bit safe and then we punished them in the second half with some quite brilliant, quite brilliant counter-attacking goals. Yeah, I think, going back to that Spurs game, I think it was a, I, I really enjoyed that. It was one of my favourite games of the season. It had a bit of everything, didn't it? Um, it was fairly open and I think that, that the t- key turning point for me was the, the Kane injury. I think if he stays on the pitch, Spurs give it a bit more of a go. But in the second half, they didn't, I don't, I'm not even sure they registered a shot on target. It was, it was a bit weird. It was like, it was ages ago, it feels like ages ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, they were, they were pretty poor in that second half and I, th- I think that Liverpool, that, that kick-started their season really. 
I think Thiago's an interesting discussion because he's one player who he's kind of Liverpool fans know how good he is. Everyone knows how good he is. But it was kind of does he fit the mould at the start of the season? A lot of fans were claiming that he slows play down too much and that he hasn't got the same energy that Liverpool's midfielders are known for having. But I think recently, I mean, I'd say best he's your best player on the pitch, Ollie. Yeah, I honestly don't get where this narrative has come from. He's played down. He's yeah. been a lot from our former players, Didier Mann, Peter Crouch, John Barnes. I can't remember who it was that said it on commentary earlier, uh, yesterday, sorry. Um, but they said that he's he's been the main reason for our downfall, despite us having a lot of players injured, obviously, and a lot of players out of form. And I don't really know how you can put the, in the blame on Thiago, but he just gives us that something different. He sees passes that no one else does. Uh, he just does little things that go on. Uh, it's the one thing I would say is that he needs to stop diving in stupidly. He seems to have picked up this habit where he just dives in on the edge of the box and gives away silly free kicks. But mm. I think once he gets settled in a few months, he'll, he'll end up being a... A world-class player like he's shown for the, the past few years of his career. What's the deal with uh, Naby Keita? Is he injured? Because we haven't heard yeah, anything from him this season. Again, sadly. The, the thing is with Keita, he just comes in and has one or two games where he looked really good and looks like he could he could live up to that 50 million price tag and then he just goes missing again for a few games and it's it's getting to the point where you, where you think, how long can you put up with this now? It's... It, there's no doubts over the quality that he has because he obviously brings a lot to the team. It's just the fact that you can't really rely on him, which is the same for a lot of players in our squad, sadly. So, of course, there's been... Oh, no, actually, no, don't start like that. Don't start, don't start like that. Cut, cut this bit down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not getting cut now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you said it now. <laughs> I'm just looking at your phone screen, trying to get some inspiration from it. If you got candy on it, like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think at any point we've all given, and I might be wrong here, but I don't remember, or at least if it, if we have done it, it's changed in the last few weeks. The dynamic of the Premier League's changed. I don't think we've given our who's going to win the title definite answer, stick to it now to the end of the season, because obviously there's, we're just over halfway through. Who are we all going for? I'm not going to pick anyone. I'm not going to say, oh, go on, Sam, give you a prediction. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot. Take your time, everyone, because this is what we're sticking with now. <laughs> and you're going to have to back this up, hopefully, from now till the final whistle. The final if whistle I, of next week's game. So if I, you, know, change it again. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'll start because I know who mine is. I was thinking about it earlier. And I still think that Liverpool will win the title this season. I think they've obviously improved defensively. Um, not just with the signings that they've made, but the fact that they now know that Fabinho, Jordan Henderson can slot in um, whenever um, whenever they feel like. If they need to change things up in a game, need to get some more attackers, some more creative players on the pitch, they can do. They can just move Henderson back or Fabinho back and take off a, a centre-half. I, I, yeah, I just think there's too, there's too much attacking quality going on in that team. Um, Salah proved that he can can get back to a bit of form when, when the critics maybe were on his back against West Ham. You know, he was brilliant. Obviously, had a goal disallowed against Spurs as well. But, yeah, he really took the game by the scruff of the neck, despite, as I mentioned before, in my opinion, quite a weak team against West Ham. I, was, I thought West Ham really could have could have um, caused an upset. And in the end, they were shrug, shrugged aside, really, by uh, by Liverpool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Liverpool. I think, I think, they'll, I think they'll win it. I'm going to go um, 
Man City. I think I said it in our last prediction show um, that I think they'd come back and, and be a lot stronger. And yeah, top of the league currently. And they look a bit, I wouldn't say unstoppable because uh, they only got a 1-0, one-nil win against uh, Sheffield United the weekend, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but they look without the striker because I don't rate Jesus at all, to be honest with you. I think he's a bit of a bang average player. Without having that sort of world-class striker up front at the minute, they're still finding goals. They're still seeing off teams. And I think the, the key thing for them is the fact that they've really sorted out that back line. They look pretty much... I, I, I can't, couldn't even tell you how many clean sheets they've had so far um, this, this season now because of, because of Stones' resurgence and the, uh, the sign of Diaz has just been absolutely world-class. He, he looks like... Probably the best centre back in the league at the minute. I'd say Diaz. There's, I couldn't name one better than him, based on current form. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think Man City. I think in this January transfer window, they should have went out and got a striker. To be honest with you, I know that, like I said earlier, there's not going to be any really available. But they do kind of need just like that different option. You know, like what Jeko used to be to them, someone that can bring off the bench and have a real plan B. And and. Well, Jovetic. Well, he, he was a bit bang average as well, wasn't he? But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think a Jekyll-type player would have been perfect for them. And I'm sure that, that a lot of players would love to play for Manchester City, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm very surprised that they didn't go out and get one. I think there's a high chance that in a month's time, Man City will be 10, 12, 50 points clear. And we'll say, oh, this really exciting title race didn't really materialise. But I think, I think before Christmas, I think I said Manchester United is a real out there sort of shot. And I think the... They obviously did well over over that period, and and they're still very much in contention. So I'll stick with them just because I said it a long time ago. But I think we're seeing this season. We saw we saw it with Man City earlier on. We saw it with Liverpool up until really the last week. Now perhaps seeing it with Spurs, Leicester perhaps not off it if they really the title contenders. Just teams that just have a week or two where they're just not at it, and everyone says, "Oh, well, why why is this?" And Man City have kind of got over that first, and so they managed to push on. Liverpool, I think, are now over that as well. And, and I hope they both are so that you create some sort of title race. But I think it just shows particularly how many games there are. It's virtually every midweek now for the, the, the top teams are playing, whether it's in Europe or FA Cup or the League Cup final for some of them and obviously the league games. I think we're going to see a lot of sides side in and out of form until the end of the season, really. And I think it's, it, it, it sounds obvious to say it's a team that finds the, the best form will, will, will win the title. But what I mean by that is that I think you're going to get teams at the top and bottom that are in and out of form. And so I think you will see teams like Sheffield United when they won at Manchester United. I think you're going to see a lot of results like that because I think form is just so hard to find this season. I wish you'd waited a week to ask us this question, Cal, because I think the winner of Liverpool-Man City on Mm. Sunday, I think that might go a long way to determining who wins the Premier League title this season. Um, I think we've all stuck with our suggestions from before Christmas and I'm going to keep the same pattern and keep up with Liverpool. I think that Man City are their closest rival and you look at Man City's next five games after Burnley and I think it's Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham and United. And I think that's a really difficult run for them. And like Adam mentions, if they come through that unscathed, there might be 12, 15 points clear at the top of the table. But I just can't see them winning all of them. I mean, that sounds remarkable to say considering they've won the past five games. And yes, they're, they're probably the team with the most strength and depth and the best quality to do so. But 
I think everyone's going to have a blip between now at the end of the season. I think Liverpool have just had theirs, Man City, like Adam mentioned, have had theirs at the start of the season. I can see them having another one. And therefore, I think as a consequence of that, I think that if that blip comes in the next five games, then you're losing points to teams around you in the title race. And that's why I think Liverpool might just be above them. I hope it is a close one. I hope it goes down to the wire. And I hope it's more than just Liverpool and Man City in that title race. But I think Liverpool just have that confidence and coming out of that blip they've just got that quality and you look at the players that they've got to come back from injury to add to that title charge I just think that they'll be the ones that get over the line Yeah I think once we look, when we look back to what we predicted in December it was, it was having a discussion about Liverpool versus Tottenham and I think for mine I put, I put Liverpool to win the title again it just shows how quickly it can change, it looks like the wheels are starting to come off for Tottenham and Mourinho now whether they can regain that form yet to be seen but Man City have just literally come from nowhere I remember Dan predicting Man City at the time and it was quite an off out there shout because they were quite a few points behind at that point especially in the form of the other teams and but they've just gone they've just climbed up the table really and unnoticed and like Dan said the form of Diaz and Stearns has, has been really big for them uh, we know they've had problems in defence over the past couple of years and it's something that they've not been able to fix but if they can keep they can keep that form going as well as the getting Aguero and De Bruyne back then I'd maybe put them ahead of us now I think the big thing for us is the form of Trent and Firmino they've been brilliant in the last two games but when they don't have that punch it seems to affect the whole side so if they can keep that form up for the rest of the season then I'd, I'd put us ahead but at the moment I'd put Man City favourites I'll tell you what's crazy about this league the fact that relegation threatened Arsenal two points behind title challengers uh, Spurs. I think that just sums it up perfectly, really. The fact that, yeah, like Adam said earlier, anyone can really be anyone. And it, it's it's just, I'm really enjoying the Premier League this season for what it is. And it's obviously a, a weird year with no fans being there at all this season. But I'm still enjoying it. It's been different. and But I'm sure that eventually normality will resume and we'll have a clear contender all the time. But it's it's nice to have different opinions, isn't it? I think. Mm. And we're back in sort of October time. Everton were everyone's shout for for title. Yeah, yeah the, I Sorry, forgot about that. A really good start. Yeah, how many strains yeah. did we have at that time? And then the other, and then... Sorry, but, but... <laughs> well, I kind of links what I'm about to say because then, then at the other end, West Ham were in dire form. They were a proper relegation threatened team. Then David Moyes' results start to pick up when he was off, and then when he came back. They just bounced into form, and now they're fifth, sixth in the league, ahead of Spurs, who everyone was saying were title contenders. So I agree with you, Dan, for a change. <laughs> yeah, it is. That was nice. Don't get a nosebleed. <laughs> uh, that brings me on nicely to the uh, to the final topic that I've got written down here, and that is Spurs and Gareth Bale. More specifically, just about Gareth Bale and his career so far since pretty much since leaving Spurs. What is what is wrong with Gareth Bale at the minute? And what do we think has caused that? Because he just does not seem... I don't know what player that I expected to come back from Madrid when, when obviously it was announced that he was signing on loan for Spurs. But I was expecting a little bit more than this, I think. In the games that he's played, he's not really shone, even against the, the smaller sides. You know, he's played... He played in the cup games. He's played in um, in the Europa League, um, and he's just not. He's not. He's not, for me anyway. For me, he's just not. He's not done it. 
and I don't understand why. I don't. I don't understand what's what's changed with Gareth Bale. Yeah, I'm completely with you there, Cam. I mean, um, you'd expect him to come from Madrid, where obviously he was trip bad at Madrid. Mm-hmm. But then again, we hear it from Gareth Bale's point of view because we hear the British side. We don't hear the Spanish side with what what was going on behind the scenes. I can sort of sympathise with Madrid a bit more now because there clearly is a bit of an attitude problem with Bale. He's not fully committed to the sport which he once dominated. In fairness, you can see he dominated, he won Champions League finals. He's kind of just not came with the hunger that I thought he would at Spurs. I thought he'd come back and have sort of a point to prove, but he's, it feels like he's just just there. And I thought he'd be starting every single week. I thought he'd give Sutter run for his money at one point. I really did. I thought that that's the sort of calibre of player they signed. But now, I mean, I think it's clear that he kind of probably should have signed for... Uh, went to China a couple of years ago and just retired that there. It, it, it feels like that kind of... It, it feels finished, doesn't he? It doesn't feel like there's much more he can give anymore. I remember when he came back being really excited thinking Gareth Bale is back at Tottenham. It felt written in the stars. It felt like this was the move that would reignite his career. Coming back from, like Dan mentioned, the wilderness at Real Madrid and he'd been cast aside for two or three seasons despite scoring this remarkable goal in the Champions League final. And it was all unfair on Gareth Bale, but finally he got his dream move back to Tottenham and everything was all right again. Um, but you look at the look at it in sorry closer detail and think it's he signed for a Jose Mourinho team, a team that are renowned for parking the bus, playing on the counter-attack. Gareth Bale's not that quick player that he was when he left Tottenham. He's not going to beat six players anymore and drive the team single-handedly to a victory. He's going to need more than that to to implement himself on the game. Um, I, th- I thought, like Dan, that the front three of Son, Kane and Bale would be the best in the Premier League. I thought it would be outstanding, but Jose Mourinho, he's made example of people like Gareth Bale in the past on high wages who potentially have come to, to sit on the bench and take the wages. You look at Paul Pogba at Man United under Jose Mourinho. Cast aside, I think it's a similar thing with Gareth Bale, making an example of him saying, this guy's on however many wages was, he's won Champions League and yet he's still not getting in my team. So you're going to have to work your ass off to get in it because he's not. So you're going to have to do exactly what I tell you to make sure that you're in ahead of Gareth Bale. I just think that, I don't think the writing's on the wall for him. I think there's still time for him to reignite his career. You look at the League Cup final against Man City. If he scores the winner in that, then mm. you'll have to say whatever it's been. It's been a successful season. If Gareth Bale nabs a 94th-minute winner against Man City in the League Cup final, Spurs fans are going to forget everything. Um, so I don't think the writing's on the wall for him yet. I just think that something needs to give, and it might be that League Cup final. The game against Brighton last night, um, Brighton winless at home entire season and yet Gareth Bale starts in, in the absence of Harry Kane and that was his big chance to shine and perform and show right I'm here yes he's not started every week so maybe there's something in that but he had a chance against Brighton didn't show it I don't think he managed a successful take on or put a ball into the box from the statistics so it's going to take something to reignite his Spurs career but at the moment I can't see it happening You mentioned there about him uh, if he scores in the League Cup final it'll like, reignite his career Jonathan Woodgate scored in the <laughs> League Cup final for Spurs and he was finished after that. That, that, that was it, after, straight downhill from there. So we'll see. I agree, I agree with bits of what you're both saying, but like what Dan said, Gareth Bale has, was one of, 
arguably the best football in the world if you go back, what, five five years maybe? I think it was, having earned that status, and, and obviously you have to be really, really good and want to play football to earn that status, but he's in a, in a position now where he will always get top elite football clubs wanting his signature to, to, to play for. For the, for the rest of his career, he could, he could play until he was 40. He probably played on, until he was 50 and he'd still get you know, some signs that would want him to play. And I think, I could, I, I could not have quite got the numbers right here, but I think he's on £600,000 a week at Spurs. That is £31 million a year. Now, I think you get to a point where you just get, where, where, you, are, where you are paid too much. He is always going to have that status, that, that elite footballer, that, that amazing football status. He could go anywhere, never play, and, get, and then get another big move whilst banking millions for himself. I would find it difficult to, um, to spur myself on, if you pardon the pun, if you, to, to, to spur myself on to want to play and to, and, to, and to stay motivated because I just think, well, I don't need to. I don't need to try hard. I can just, and I'm not saying this, this, this is what he's doing, but he can, he's more than happy, I'm sure, to be sat on the bench at Spurs to end up leaving and ended up at another, I don't know, perhaps somewhere like a, a Milan or a PSG, somewhere like that. And do and and do the same thing whilst pocketing millions, tens of millions of pounds a year. Is is there a little bit of the system to, to sort of back him up here? Is is he with the right manager in Mourinho? Because some players, obviously, we know relish playing under him. He likes of Drogba in the past, but then some players absolutely hate playing under him because he just doesn't suit the style. He clearly, Mourinho has mentioned comments on him. I don't know if he's directly commented on it, but th- there's been things overheard in training and stuff where Mourinho's had digs at Bale. There's clearly a clash of personality there. And do you think that's, that's a bit of the issue? The fact that Mourinho does demand the spotlight, but so does a character like Gareth Bale at this point. I think, I think what, I, yeah, what I get from it, is that it's maybe not necessarily the system. It, it, it's a, it could be the clash of personalities. Unfortunately, I don't think we see a, enough. If, if there was another documentary about Spurs, then maybe we might see a bit more of that relationship blossom. But I don't, I don't think... I think all we could do is speculate on that. What I, would, what, what I can see from the outside, though, is that I think that Gareth Bale does need more consistent game time. He does need that belief... And and the trust to sort of play five or six games in a row because I'm not, I'm not sure what his longest run of games is or at least starting anyway, but he was given 60 minutes against Brighton, and and granted he was pretty much a passenger in that game, but if he's just getting 60 minutes here and there, like 60 minute cameos, then it's probably not going to do any player any good regardless of whether he's got a a motivational issue because he he does look pleased to be there. It's a weird situation because he he's you always see him smiling and and it's possibly the opposite smile to what we saw at Madrid where it was kind of like a sarcastic smile as in like oh I don't really care that I'm not playing. Whereas I think now I I, I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's more that I'm just really happy to be away from Madrid. But I think eventually it, we could see it turn back into that situation where it was under Zidane, under well, under Mourinho now, where we're seeing a, a Gareth Bale that's annoyed that he's not playing, but at the same time, he knows that he is picking up his paycheck, like Adam, like Adam mentioned, on ludicrous money. And 
and probably knows that he can he's a big enough name to get a move because I think again I think everything that Adam said and to be fair I think what we've all said is correct but I think especially what Adam said about him being able to get a move after this I was going to ask where is he going to go well it's probably anywhere other than Spurs and Real Madrid because I don't think Spurs and Real Madrid will want him but I wouldn't be surprised if a Premier League team wanted him and I would not be surprised if there's a number of Italian teams another uh, if PSG would would want him or a, a German club might want him you know, I think he's got a lot of options and I think he probably knows it. Talk about game time, I think that the appearance he had in the FA Cup uh, the other day was the first 90 minutes he got for over a year. Mm. And I just think in in the games that he has managed to play, I've seen this a lot on Twitter, a lot of his old managers saying it, a lot of ex-players, he almost looks scared to jump into challenges. I don't know whether that's a case of him not being asked to play or whether he's actually scared of past injuries because we know that injuries have troubled his career especially at Madrid but going back to what Adam said about the the, the the amount of money he's on you don't know whether you don't know whether he's asked to play for Tottenham you, you think it would be with the, with the connection he's got to the club but to me this is a bigger loss to Tottenham rather than Gareth Bale like we say Gareth Bale's going to have a going to have a wonderful career whether he's in form or not whereas Tottenham this is going to it could do major damage to the bank account. And I'm sure there's an option to extend the loan for another year, mm. is there, after this? And you'd think at this current time, it's hope that it probably wouldn't be extended. Do you think that loans came at a bad time? Do you think that it would have been nice if, if you had a full uh, white hat lane with... Um, is it called the white Is it called white hat lane now? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, isn't it? It's a boring name, that, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to call it white hat lane. Do you think that... Um, <laughs> I'm just renaming it now. New White Lane. Yeah, New White Lane. Do you think that if a full crowd of I don't even know the capacity of it, I'm really not up to my knowledge with uh, this stadium. Do you think that if I had a, if he walked out and with a full stadium full of fans, that that would have sort of I'm going to use Adam's pun spurred him on. Do you think that would have gave him the the spark that he's lacking at the minute? Because I, I think that it, it's surely got something to play because. Fans would be chanting his name, if he, even if he wasn't on the pitch. That would make Mourinho have to bring him on, be forced into bringing him on. I, I think that with, with fans screaming behind the goal saying, shoot when he's 40 yards out like he used to, scoring screamers, I, I, I feel like that's what he's missing. Because he hasn't really, since he's came back, have any, had any connection at all with the fans. They're all sat at home watching the streams. I think so, you may have a point, Dan, but... Um... I disagree with your point that Jordan Marine will be forced to. That's the best sentence ever. Is that our title? I think you may have a point, Dan, but I disagree with your point. point that. I disagree with the point that Jose Mourinho will be forced to bring Gareth Bale on. I don't think he's the type of manager that if uh, fans are shouting his name, he'd say, oh, go on then, go and warm up because you're coming on because the fans want you. I think he's got his game plan sorted way before kick-off. I don't think that the fans would be... I haven't frozen, I've just forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wonder that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You're perfectly still. Yeah, you were. That was, that was impressive, <laughs> But do you think with the fun aspects, do you think that's true when you consider, I mean, when he did play for Madrid, he did 
do quite well, but Madrid fans hated him. Mm. Well, I suppose, yeah, that, that, that is a little bit of a point, isn't it? But uh, I disagree with your point. But, <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I do see what you mean, though. But you've got to think, obviously, Spurs is his home. That's what you class it as. And Madrid wasn't his home. Madrid, they've got high standards of absolutely every, anyone. It's Spurs, if he did went on a little tiny run, he went he took on one man, the Spurs fans would absolutely be behind him. I don't think you'd have many Spurs fans in that stadium no matter what, even if he had a shot and it went hit the corner flag. They wouldn't have like have a go at him saying, Get him off, get him off, he's shocking. Because he's just a legend at the club. Mm, I think it would go one one of two ways. It'd either be really positive for Gareth Bale to have fans and it would probably give him the motivation to to find his form again. But it could easily go the other way where he might be just he might just be lost Gareth Bale now. The old Gareth Bale, we might just not be able to get him out. And he might just be like like he is, but in front of fans. And then the fans are directly seeing him in person, not put the effort in or, you know, miss chances, not want to make an impact on the game. And that could tarnish his his Spurs reputation. So it could go it could go one or two ways, I think, really. He just needs to bend the hair cut off and go back to his original 2013-14 Spurs. Yeah, he's really bald under that, by the way. You can tell he's only got about like four hair strands. It's just that he flicks them back and puts it in a little point. It's, it, it, honestly, it's terrible. I just find it quite amazing how... Sorry, I'm going to move on from that. Dan. I just find it quite amazing how Harry Redknapp could bring the best out of Gareth Bale and Jose Mourinho can't. Mm. I don't know if there's anything in it or not, but like, I, mean, I remember when Spurs... Pretty much first qualify for the Champions League, but did, did he score away into Milan? Did he? Or I'm making this all completely? And that yeah, was under Redknapp, yeah. I think. To get two, I think that was under Redknapp as well. Otherwise, this point's all completely wrong. I think it was. But he was brilliant that night, and that's you know that it was that form that earned him moves to Real Madrid. So you have to question what's gone somewhere because something must have done. Yeah, you sometimes get that like unusual managers getting the best out of unusual players. Like with the Borough example, it was. If you mentioned Pulis and Traore, yeah. <laughs> it was always happening, money, but he did get the best out of him, and that that came as a surprise to me as well. But like like you said, there sometimes does happen. How have you managed to go from Jose Mourinho to Tony Pulis and Adama Traore? I don't know how you've managed it there. Because that's what I do. What's going on with Adama? Yeah, what is going on with Adama? Yeah, you should have had that on your topics list, Cam. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. It's in real form now. I don't know. I'm current. Um, Currently, um, regretting not having a feature because I, d- I forgot to write one down. Um, a future? So or a feature? No, a feature, a feature oh. not a future. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be Googling that, I don't think. Yeah. I think uh, you said something earlier and I thought it was, it was a potential future for you. You said uh, cameos and I thought, oh, there you go. There's your serial ones. Cameos? Oh, what, you know- is it? Is it me on the app cameos or no? No, no. Is it as in you on the front cover of a like an Aldi version of Cheerios? Oh right. I okay. thought you were doing video messages. Yeah, to I thought. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> I'll pay you a fiver, Cam. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Only cameos. Uh, can we play the um, the one you do from? <laughs> right. So to end, lads, I've got a deadline day quiz courtesy of Joe.co.uk. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> So the first question I'll ask you, lads, is a Sky Sports reporter was attacked with a purple dildo outside of the club's training ground in 2014. Which club was it? Do we know? Oh, I've got, I've got some, I've got some no, options. No, no, no. 
got some options. I think it was so, Stoke. Um, Stoke isn't one of the options. Arsenal? Um, I'll, 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 I'll tell you the options. Uh, Newcastle United, <laughs> Liverpool, or Everton? Everton. It, won, it won Liverpool. Hey, Ali had no So if it's not Liverpool, do you think it's Newcastle or Everton? Well, Everton. We've got Everton. Unanimous yeah. Everton. We've got Everton right. Well done, Wee. everyone. Wee, get in. Luis Suarez signed for, Ajax, uh, for Liverpool from Ajax on January deadline day in which year? This oh. one's probably going to Ollie, but we'll toss well, it out to everyone else well, first. Well, if you know it, then we'll... Uh, we'll put it. Do you know it? Go on, Ollie, which year was it? Uh, I, I, I'm giving it to you three. Yeah, we'll... we'll well, well, I'll I'll give you it's it's either 2010, 2011, or 2012. I think 2011. I, I was thinking 2012. I don't think it was 2010. That's way too early. Well, was it was oh, it not I the Andy Carroll year? Yeah. Was that 2011? With Down, with Downing and was it Downing? I don't know. Joe Cole. No, I think it's 12. Okay, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go 11. I think it's 2012. Yeah, yeah it's 12. Right, we'll say 12. Oh, it's 2011. Oh, get in there. Come on. Joking. Yes. That's, that's, that's a blemish on the record. Um, <laughs> Manchester City signed Rubinho on deadline day in 2008, but for what transfer fee? That's so we've got, solid. So we've got 25 million, on it? It's, it's not an option, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> £25 million. Pounds. Uh, thirty-two million pounds or forty-five million pounds. Thirty-two. Well, thirty-two then. I was 32. I was going euros. Yeah, thirty-two. That is correct. Well I'll give Sam credit for that one. Cheers, uh, man. Next one we've we've talked about him earlier. Uh, Peter, Pete, Peter, 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 Odin, Wingy tried brackets <laughs> and failed. Forced uh, to force for a move in 2013, but to which club? QPR. No. QPR is one of the options, or you could have West Ham or Stoke City. I think it's probably QPR, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's QPR. QPR is correct. Well done, everyone. I uh, don't know how many more we've got of these, probably a few more. Uh, another <laughs> Liverpool question. Uh, which Liverpool player was spotted taking a London-bound helicopter on deadline day 2018 before returning to Merseyside still as a Liverpool player? Was it Ryan Babel, Daniel Agger or Maxi Rodriguez? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> oh, I know it is, but I'll let you. Can I phone a friend? Go on. Who you found him? Hang on then. Hey, Dan. He's going to ring Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan probably does no okay, dog, Lee, to be fair. So for the listeners at home, Dan is currently ringing someone. I'm presuming it's Mr. Bidet. How are you, Kenny? Who is it? <laughs> Ollie's <laughs> muted on purpose, I think. Yeah, the answer. Ryan Bubble. Okay. Thank you. So what's your answer, Dan? Daniel Agger. No, 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 no,
yeah, yeah, and or Julian Forbert. 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 God, I've had a tag. We didn't think him up. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. He was a baller in money. Buzz to. I really liked him. Yeah. Like <laughs> Don't what he's doing now. Um, <laughs> which player signed for Leicester City on deadline day in 2017? but was unable to play until January due to paperwork arriving 14 seconds too late. Was it Andre Silva, Ahmed Musa, or Islam Slimani? Eh. Yeah, I think it is Andre Silva. This is quite Andre easy, Silva. this, isn't it? It's correct. Well, yeah, it was just the first one I clicked on. Oh. Um, who owns the record? I must admit you in a, I must admit you in a, in a title saying Premier League deadline day quiz. <laughs> 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 well, I just want a National League one. Oh, oh no, well, there isn't a deadline. Who holds the record for the most expensive deadline day, August to Jan- August or January transfer in the Premier League? Don't know when this was done, so hopefully. Van der Vaart. So it's not Van der Vaart is an option. It's is it uh, true, either. Also, isn't it? Holds the record for the most expensive deadline day transfer in, pre- in the Premier League. It's either Fernando Torres, Meza Ozil, or Andy Carroll. Torres, oh, was it? Ozil. How much? No, no, no. How much was Ozil? Oh, I think he was over fifty. I think he was more than fifty. Was he? Or maybe forty-two. Oh, a bit of a debate. Here, lads. Right here we go. Here's the content. I think Ozil was fifty-seven and a half. I, I thought he was. I think they got a bargain if they got him for less than fifty. To be fair. I don't know why 42 games me, but I'm happy to go with Bozo. Sam? Yeah, whatever, lads. B. Are we about to have a second blemish on the record? We'll say Mesut Ozil. And it was Fernando Torres. Oh, I see you all gutted. Like Carrick Bale sat on the top of the bench. <laughs> well, I mean, after, after some League 2 questions. <laughs> um, this team was in League 2, but they're not anymore. Um, which ports of player missed two flights to Manchester on deadline day in, two, in 2008 while be. having a nap at the airport? Um, Lassana Diara, Benjani, Yunus Kabul. We saying Benjani? Benjani. Happy with Benjani? It is Benjani. Get in. Well done, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, a year later. There you go. That's a <laughs> knots link. Um, don't think you'll get one from this one, though. Uh, what prevented David De Gea from joining Real Madrid on deadline day in 2015? Was it a dodgy fax machine? Edward would forgot there was a time difference between U- the UK and Spain, <laughs> or it was a delayed flight. Which one are we saying? Oh dear. Dodgy fax machine. I get a fax machine. Is that what we're saying? Fax. Yes, it was a dodgy fax machine, of course. Um, I'm noticing that we're not even halfway down here, so... <laughs> oh no, oh no, I've just I've just a quick score through. We've got about three more, I think. Yeah, lads, my chili's ready. My chili con carne is ready and downstairs ready with my nachos. Is it ready, Dan? Ready, you're gonna Dan, have to put, yeah. a, gonna have to put in a file sheet. <laughs> uh, well, do you want to call this the last one then? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Uh what did Sir Alex Ferguson... Oh it's all, no, I got it's arrived. You're Live joking. on the podcast, my nachos. <laughs> and, and, oh, this looks sensational. Thank you, Dad. Say hello to the rematch podcast listeners. Hi guys. Get your dad. <laughs> no, no, get your dad to answer the last question. Oh, dad, come here. Yeah, yeah, got it. Dad. <laughs> last question. Yeah. 
<laughs> right then. So the final question is what did Sir Alex Ferguson supposedly do to persuade Dimitar Berbatov to join Manchester United in 2018? Was it meet him at the airport and drive him to the training ground, offer to buy him a sunbed, or he said that he could smoke cigarettes at the training ground? I'm, I'm gonna say that, I was going to say the first one, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a sunbed, I think. Sunbed. You think it's sunbeds? Go on, then. We'll say sunbeds. Oh, it was the it was the first option. It was oh, the, the airport yeah, drove him to the train. Yeah, but you did. Some bedrooms. Dad, you let, you let me down, Dad. <laughs> That's a big shame. I didn't know that one. Really, that's a crack of a question. Yeah. Yeah. Next one's a Spurs one. If you want it, that's a, that's a hard, hard deadline day, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, pick up the airport and drive you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a uh, that was the quiz. Unless you want to keep on going. Not particularly. No. no I'm, 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 I'm fine. With that. I'm all no. gamed out. I'm, I'm all gamed out. <laughs> <laughs> well then, I'll um, um, I need a drink because me, me voice is going. Cause I don't normally speak for this long. No, you, <sighs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say something. <laughs> uh. I thought I'd get a better reaction in the room, but never mind. <laughs> I'm eating. What, Roger, sir? Oh, it, it don't matter. Don't I'm going to have a drink of water because I'm not. I'm not used to talking this. Ro- I'm, I'm not used to talking <laughs> this long. And I went, "Yes, you are." <laughs> and then they <laughs> laughed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of the Rematch Podcast. Please do give us a share, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter at Rematch Podcast, and we shall see you next week. Cheerio. Leave you to your chili. Yeah. And nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have told us. Come on, then. Give us some ASMR. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs>